0: are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me if you would to Numbers chapter 13 chapter 13, and I'm going to read um, a, few, a few scriptures here. Uh, I'm going to read verse 4, and it says, And these were their names of the tribe of Reuben, Shemua, the son of Zakur. And then I'm going to jump down to verse 17. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, and to set, and said unto them, Get you up this way southward and go up into the mountain and see the land, what it is and the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many, and what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, or what cities they be that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds. And what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be wood thereon or not, and be of good courage and bring up the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and searched the land from the wilderness of Zin unto Rehob, and men came to Hamath, and they ascended by the south and came unto Hebron, where Abim and uh, Sheshai and Talmai and the children of Enoch were. And Hebron, and Hebron was built uh, seven years before Zona in Egypt. And they came unto the brook of Eschol and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes. And bare it between two upon a staff. And they brought up the pomegranates and of the figs. And the place was called the brook Eschol because of the cluster of grapes which the children of Israel cut down from thence. And they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. And this morning, I want to minister to you for the next little bit on this topic, my birthright, my birthright. And um, if that's not a familiar term to you, it was a very, very familiar term in the Scripture. It was a very important term in the Scripture. And the birthright was reserved for the firstborn Male of the family, and so when it came to the family, this this thing called birthright was a very important aspect of their culture. Now today we we maybe have some of that mentality, but I think it's probably less and less. Uh, not too many people go around bragging about having the birthright. <laughs> um, that's that's really not the case anymore. In in my family, I'm the oldest. Um, and so I could say, well, you know, the birthright should be mine. Birthright should be mine. I was born first. And, and there were some, some blessings that came with being born first, and there were some other things that came with being born first. Some blessings are, if my parents are listening, and I know they are, they always do, so I always have to be careful what I say, some blessings are you got, to, um, you got to learn things first, and so you got to be involved in things at the very first. Um, you know, I, there, there, none of the other siblings learned how to milk the cow first, okay? That, that was what happened for me. Um, my dad taught me to run a chainsaw first. Uh, there's, some, there's some things that came with being first, but there was also some responsibility that came with being first. If, if the, the siblings got in trouble, the oldest should know better. And um, it seemed like the maybe the correction or the discipline started at the top <laughs> or the bottom, whatever. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> that was maybe a play on words. I don't know. So there was different responsibilities that came with being born first. In the passage that I read to you, um, it speaks about uh, this, this birthright. And, of course, when you when you see the scripture that I read to you, it speaks about Shemua and And and, and so it doesn't really seem to stick out in this passage about the birthright. But they were the descendants of Reuben. And Reuben was the oldest in Jacob's family. And so what happens is Moses is picking out one person out of each tribe to go to Canaan to check out the land. He wants to see, he wants to see multiple things, but this is what the Bible says. Whether the people be strong or weak, whether they be few or many, whether the land is good or bad. Whether the cities they dwell in, whether they be tents or strongholds, whether the land is fat or lean, whether there be wood on the land or not. And, and, and so these 12 spies go to see what Canaan's like, and they're gone 40 days. The scripture tells us that in amongst that period of time, and what I read to you, they, they found that the land was plenty when it takes two people to carry one cluster of grapes there's something going on in the land that's uh that's a big cluster that's that's a land that's flowing with milk and honey and has got great fruit now i don't know how big the grapes were all we know is that, that it took two men to carry one cluster that's a good sized cluster of grapes so you get A picture of what Moses has sent them to do. And the Bible speaks in verse 4 of of the first spy. His name is Shemua. What do we know about him? Well, we know he's the son of Zecor. He's of the tribe of Reuben. And we know that he comes back with a negative report. There's 12 spies and only two of them give a positive report of what Of what is available in Canaan. Now, um, this statement actually was made at Canada Conference, which was interesting. Uh, uh, We always say they came back with a a negative report. But that's not what the scripture says. It actually says they came back with an evil report. An evil report. (laughs) Nothing good about Being in contrast to what God desires. And so you have this man, Shemua. We don't have too much else about him in Scripture. But we know uh, what his meaning of his name was. The meaning of his name was heard by God. Renowned, which means famous or celebrated. For great and heroic achievements. His name represents the ability to conquer. His name speaks of someone who has uh, great, great achievements in battle, renown. Uh, it is is heard by God and celebrated for heroic achievements. He comes from a family whose his father's name was Zakor means well remembered not easily forgotten someone that you can't just get out of your mind this is someone that uh, this is someone that's uh, when you met him uh, that you're you're not going to forget him this is the history of of this family he was well remembered Zakor either by position of authority or achievements Again, following, following what Shemua was known for. And so uh, we know for sure that, that these guys, this family, these two individuals, particularly Shemua, was remembered enough by Moses that he was chosen to be the spy. Now, there's a lot of people that could have been chosen out of the tribe of Reuben. I mean, the, the Bible gives us that the census happened, uh, and the census took place, and there was, there was plenty of people to choose from in the tribe of Reuben. The Bible tells us the census said that there was 46,500 men alone. It could have been anyone of the 46,500 that was chosen to be the spy, but it was someone that was well-remembered by Moses. So where did the problem lie? How is it? How is it possible that Shemua went on this journey for 40 days, saw grapes that it took two men to carry, and yet came back to Moses with an evil report? An evil report. It goes back to his roots, to the tribe of Reuben, Jacob's firstborn. Leah's son, born long after marriage. Reuben's name expresses the parents' joy at the accomplishment of a long-deferred hope. Genesis 29, 32 says, Surely the Lord hath looked upon my afflictions, now therefore my husband will love me. This is what Leah's response was after Reuben was born. He gathered mandrakes or green apples for his mother. He was he was a person that took care of his mom. That's got to be a good son. The most important thing about Reuben, though, was he was the firstborn. He was the firstborn. He had the birthright, birthright, in the sense of uh, the Sinai census: 46,500 men over the age of 20 that were fit for service. He was generous in his disposition. He was impulsive. He saved Joseph's life from from his cruel brothers Levi and and Simeon and Judah. He made sure that uh, he was the one that was going to go back after they put him in the pit and said, "Listen, I'll." I, I, I'll rescue Joseph. I'll let them do what they're going to do, but I'm going to go back and get him out. He secretly intended to deliver Joseph out of the hands of being sold. The Bible says when he found that Joseph was not there, he he he, he was crying, the child is not. And, and I, where shall I go? It was like he took responsibility, like he should have. Years after uh, he was reminded, uh, they were reminded of their wrong. He said, I spoke not unto you, saying, do not sin against the child, and ye would not hear. Reuben said, listen, I told you not to do it, and you didn't listen. Therefore, behold, his blood is required on our hands. And, and, and so Reuben is, you know, he's got, he's got a good start. He looks after his mother. He's a joy after a long time of not having children from Leah. He, um, even when Joseph is, is taken and his father is so upset and they're, they're, they're going to, to go visit Joseph, uh, 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 he offers to Jacob his two sons if they don't bring back Benjamin. This is the person that Reuben is. He's he's kind of got he's kind of got that responsibility of the birthright. He's kind of taken taken note that he should be a leader. The birthright, Reuben said this is what the scripture says in Genesis 49:3, the excellency of dignity and the excellency of power. That's what was to be upon Reuben. This is this is a person that has has all the potential in the world the chiefmanship was 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 transferred because Reuben he lost the significance of what he was responsible for now we can we could take time and go through the fleshly acts and the selfish acts of of, of Reuben and I won't go through all those details with you this morning. It's, they're not that pleasant. Actually, they're not pleasant at all. And out of selfishness and immorality, something happens in the life of Reuben, and he's guilty. He's being led by the flesh, and he's acting out of rebellion. And, and the excellency of dignity and the excellency of power is not the focus any longer in Reuben's life. And it's just about time for Jacob, Jacob to die. He's on his deathbed. And what should have been an incredible blessing for Reuben, this is what Jacob says in Genesis 49 and verse 3. He's like boiling over like water on a rapid fire. Thou shalt not excel. This is what his dad ends up saying on his deathbed to the firstborn who's supposed to be in line for the birthright, the blessings of the father. But because of selfishness and sinful acts and rebellion, he loses the dignity and the excellency of power. The responsibility that he took serious as a boy, taking care of his mom and wanting to look out for his younger brother and and be willing to give his own sons if if another one of his brothers was not spared or brought back home. And on the deathbed, on the deathbed of, of Jacob, thou art like boiling over water. Boiling over like water. Thou shalt not excel. There is no biblical record of a great act, a great prophet, a great leader. There is nobody recorded in Scripture that did anything significant through the descendants of Reuben. Nobody. This is The firstborn of 12 kids. So then you start to look at, maybe there's some significance of why Shemua ended up as a negative spy. His history, his, his family tree has not excelled. There's been no excellency and there's been no power. There's been nothing recognizable that would be written in Scripture about Reuben's family. How how great a tragedy that Reuben's historical lineage would be shared with us through Scripture of nothing significant about his life. Can I share with you what the birthright was supposed to do? Because I'm talking to you this morning about my birthright, about your birthright as a child of God. This is what the birthright was supposed to accomplish. Number one, the firstborn became head of the family and thus succeeded to the charge of the family property, becoming responsible for the maintenance of the younger sons and widows and and the unmarried daughters. They became the leader of the family. That was what the birthright was supposed to accomplish. Number two, the birthright of the firstborn consisted of the first place of a double portion of what the father had to leave. The person with the birthright was to receive a double portion of dad. Number three, the person with the birthright was to receive blessing, which placed him in close and favored covenant with the Almighty God. This was a blessing that was to be prayed upon the firstborn, the one with the birthright. They were to receive a blessing of a covenant relationship with the Almighty God. And number four, the firstborn usually inherited the position of power or the throne. This is what was supposed to be. This is what was available. This is what was at the the fingertips of Reuben. This was what he was destined to receive. He was to lead his family. He was to have a double portion of his dad. He was to have a covenant relationship with God. And he was to be in a position of power. And because of Reuben's act, the double portion fell to Joseph's two sons. And the birthright was forfeited by Reuben. Ephraim and Manasseh became part of that, that history. You see, nobody that became a leader from his family. His covenant relationship ended up being an evil report. And he had no place of authority or power in the future. That's the, that's the sad story of a great opportunity. You say, Pastor, how is that relevant to anything about us? Well, something happened when you were born into the kingdom. When you became born again, Something took place in your life. You no longer were owned by the world or the enemy or the past or what was a destiny that was already laid out for your future. You no longer became that, that you had to submit or succumb to what everything the world would put in your pathway. No, it was actually the opposite. You became a child Of the king. There was something that was given to you when you gave your heart to the Lord that changed your future for the rest of your life. You're to be a leader of your own personal life and your family. You are to be a person that takes uh, and leads others uh, into what they should know about the Lord. You have the opportunity that God puts in your path uh, to be that person that leads leads what God has for you to do. The second thing is that you are to receive uh, a power, uh, a double portion, uh, an infilling, uh, a mighty powerful move uh, of God's presence Into your life uh, that would never ever compare to what you had before. Doesn't matter about your intellect, doesn't matter about your positions in life, doesn't matter about Your economic status in life, none of those things compare to the power of God's presence that he puts into your life. When you become born again, there's a birthright that's placed into your hands that's more powerful than you could ever imagine. When you became into that relationship of giving your heart to Jesus and saying, God, I'm going to repent I'm just going to submit my life to you. Everything about my past, God, I'm asking for forgiveness for. Everything, God, that has happened in my life, I'm laying it down. And I'm asking you, God, to forgive me of my past. The things that I'm not proud of. The things that were contrary to your word. The things, God, that were not pleasing to you. I'm asking you, God, to forgive me of everything that's in my past. And what happens at that newborn, new birth experience, that born-again experience, as you become, that you have a relationship with the Almighty God. You're not just another person any longer you gain a birthright the Bible calls you a fellow citizen with God you receive a blessing that is closer and favored in your relationship with God and fourthly you gain a power And an authority, no, not within yourself, not within anything you could do or I could do in our own abilities, no. But rather through the power of the Holy Ghost, the authority of his word, the greatness of his name, the covering of his precious blood. You become an authority and a power in the world that you live in because of your relationship with God. Jesus has a plan for you and I. He has a birthright for every person that is here this morning. Every person. Could you break it down, Pastor, into simple terms? Well, it's like this. This wonderful truth and gospel is not just for a few or a chosen few. It's not just for people who are born in the church or happen to have the right connections in the church. This wonderful truth and gospel is for the whosoever will. The birthright is not because someone has a license, it's not because someone's a preacher. The birthright is not because you've attended church for fifty years. None of that, none of that has any bearing. The birthright is that you were born. Into the kingdom of the almighty God. Whether it was yesterday, a year ago, or 50 years ago, it makes no difference. If you were born into the kingdom of God, you have a birthright with him we got to get past this idea. And listen, I'm not diminishing the the, the benefits of elders and, and the stability of people that's been serving God for a long time. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is you're no more saved than anybody else. Either we're born into the kingdom or we're not born into the kingdom. Either we repented or we didn't repent. Either we were baptized in the name of Jesus or we weren't baptized. Either you were filled with the Holy Ghost or you were not filled with the Holy Ghost. If you were filled with the Holy Ghost 50 years ago, you got it the same way. Someone got it last week. It's no different of a spirit. It's not diluted. It hasn't lost power. It hasn't become less significant. The birthright is just as powerful today as it ever has been. (laughs) Yeah. So this is the Lord's plan for us. John 1, verse 11, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God. That's speaking about humanity. Even to them that believe on his name. You know what the scripture is saying? Doesn't matter what culture you are. Doesn't matter what language you speak. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter what country you arrive from. Doesn't matter how long you've been around. None of those things matter. What the scripture says, if if you received him, he gave you power to become part of the family of God. You got a birthright this morning with the almighty God. Which were born, not of blood nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You didn't earn it. You weren't born into it. You can't buy it. You can't do enough good to get it. This only comes because God gives you the birthright. God says, I'm going to let you lead other people God says, I'm going to bring you into relationship with me. God says, I'm going to give you power and authority through my presence and through my spirit. It's God. It's not man. It's God. Man has never filled anybody with the spirit of God. Ever. Only God. Only God. Colossians 1 15. Who is the image? of the invisible God. The firstborn of every creature. He's able to give the birthright because he's the firstborn. There was nothing before him. there will be nothing before and nothing after. Nothing beside. Nothing equal. Nothing compares. Nobody is on the same level As the Almighty God. He has the authority to do what I'm saying this morning. Your birthright comes from Him because He's in charge of it. For by Him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth. Visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by Him and for Him. He is before all things and by him all things consist. What it's saying is there's nothing out of the scope of the Almighty God. Well, you know, someone came up with something new. No, they didn't. No, they didn't come up with something new. They didn't create something. You know, we got this wonderful thing, they come up with patents and all this. God, it's all it was all here before. He created it, it's by him. He even gave the intelligence for someone to be able to create. Everything's by Him. And by Him, all things, the scripture says, consist. Yeah, and this is what He says He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. There should be a couple of people standing on your feet with that. You're the firstborn. From the dead. That means uh, you've got the birthright. You once uh, were dead, but now you're alive. You once uh, were a sinner, but now you're saved. You once were lost, but now you are found. Look what the scripture says He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning. The firstborn from the dead. That in all things he might have the preeminence. He gave you the rights to the birthright. So that he is more powerful. You say what? Can God have more power? No, no. He is already all-powerful, but his mercy, his grace, his compassion, his love, his understanding, his faithfulness, his righteousness is showing through you because you are the firstborn of the church. You and I this morning have an incredible heritage with the Almighty God. You have an incredible opportunity this morning. That birthright that God brought you into. When you gave your life to him. Say, God, here I am. I'm starting on a journey. I don't have it all figured out. And I don't know all the answers. But I'm going to start on this journey with you. I'm just going to give my life to you today. And God, I'm going to let you lead me. I'm going to let you empower me. I'm going to let you change me. I'm going to let you direct me. I'm going to let you, God, sustain Save me. I want to be, Lord, what you want me to be this morning. Music, come. The scripture has some interesting things that it says about double portion. And we get nervous talking about some of these things because we're trying to figure it out. Matthew 11 and 11 says, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he, speaking about John the Baptist. He that is least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist? John the Baptist was the forerunner of Christ. John 14 and 12, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, Jesus is speaking, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. If we ever, ever believed that verse, there wouldn't be a seat in this building. Our city would be upside down with the gospel. This is not that you're more powerful than God. This is not that you're more powerful than anyone else. You have the opportunities that other people have never had. We have greater opportunities of technology. We have greater opportunities of travel. We have greater opportunities to meet people, to connect with people. We have greater opportunities than we've ever had before. Greater works than these shall he do. We didn't come to church on a donkey this morning. We didn't come to church. And it take us hours and hours to get here. We didn't, we didn't come to the house of the Lord out of inconvenience this morning. We have greater opportunity than we have ever had to be in this house. You didn't come into the house of the Lord tonight, or this morning, and have to fight your way in. Bribe your way in. Challenge your way in in any way. No, you came freely into the house of God this morning. Paul and Silas were in prison. They were in shackles. I mean, they couldn't stand and worship God. They couldn't clap their hands. They couldn't do any of that. But at midnight, they started to sing praises. Something happened in their spirit. They understood who they were. We have a birthright. We have a birthright. We have something that's been instilled into our hearts and into our lives, these shackles and and, 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 and things that are going to hold our hands captive, they're not going to stop us from singing. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake. And all the doors of the prison were open. And everyone's bands were loosed. Paul and Silas are no more powerful than you are. They had the same spirit that you do. If we ever get a hold of the birthright, of what God has placed into our lives. There is no telling what God will do. Yeah. That favorite covenant relationship of God. The writer of Hebrews tells us that chapter 8, the first covenant had been faultless. If it had been faultless. There should be no place for the second for finding fault with them. He said, "Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not my covenant. Regarded them not, saith the Lord, for this is the covenant that I will make in the or with the house." Of Israel, After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. This is the relationship that you have this morning because of the birthright. Oh. Brother Robertson, maybe it's just because we got all fired up at Canada Conference. I don't know. Short of the goodness is not because you're too tired this morning. We'll compete with you. Do you understand who you are in God? If you ever get a revelation of who you are in God and understand the birthright, it's more than anything in this world could offer you. It's more than anything my natural dad will give me. It's more than anything that will become to me out of the heritage of my natural lineage. No, no, what I have this morning is more powerful than anything that could happen in this world. I have something that's from the Heavenly Father today. That's what He says. He's going to put a new covenant in your hearts and minds. Stand if you would. Now notice this. I'm in my last. I'm in my last point. I'm closing. It's the fourth item. It's where you have power and authority. Ephesians chapter two and verse eleven. Wherefore remember that in being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision of the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenant of promise, and having no hope, no hope, and without God in the world. There was a time when you didn't know him. But now, in Christ Jesus, Ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. What you used to be is no longer the case. What you used to be represented by is not how you're represented now. How you used to be defined is not how you're defined any longer. He continues in 19 and says, Now therefore... You are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. This is not some type of conceited thought pattern. No, no, no. This is what God is saying about you. You're not a stranger and foreigner after you receive the birthright of Jesus Christ a born again experience uh, the death burial and resurrection uh, the repentance uh, the baptism uh, and the holy ghost infilling you're not any longer a stranger and foreigner and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets Jesus him Jesus Christ himself being The chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth up unto an holy temple in the Lord in whom ye also are building. It's not just for the ones that are lucky enough to get it. It's not just for the ones who figure it out. It's not just for the ones at the right place at the right time. It's not just for the ones who, who grew up in it, were born into it. No, no, no. No, no, no. In whom ye also are built together for inhabitation of God through the Spirit. Everybody in this room this morning, everybody in this room has an opportunity to have a birthright with the almighty God. Everybody has the opportunity to lead their family. Everybody has the opportunity to have a double portion. Everybody has the opportunity to have relationship. Everybody has the opportunity to have power and authority with God. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.